so it's good to see you today. We want to thank the Lord for uh, for you guys. Um, one of the things I want to ask us to ensure that we come to church early. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, so we normally start this service at 10.30. You can be here earlier, even at 10, so that we can have some time to pray. We normally have uh, some 30 minutes or 20 minutes just to spend time in the presence of God to pray. So I would like to ask us every time we come, help us to come early. We, don't know, we do not have an early morning service like the, the other church. So um, just want to ask us to ensure that we come to church early for, for your own good. Amen. So my name is Muganda Andrew, for those who don't know me. And I'm born again. I love the Lord. Um, Jesus is so good to me. Um, yes, and um, I really want to thank you for this opportunity to come today and to speak to us. Um, uh, so we'll go ahead to read the scripture. We'll go ahead and read the scripture so that uh, we can hear um, what the Lord has today. The sermon of today or the subject of today. We are going to reflect briefly on uh, what we've, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about here is um, a spirit-led life. How does a spirit-led life look like? Um, so that's what I want to talk about. And then I'll give you a few things that will allow you to go home and consider and continue considering even as the Lord helps us. Now, um, I want to open by saying that um, when God created man, he intended that man will stay with him forever. His intention was that man will stay with the Lord. Oh, my wife was here. Oh, she's uh, behind there. Uh, she's attending to our baby. So, uh, so Karibusan, her name is Claire. So when you see her, know that she's my wife. Eh? She's married. All right? To me. Tasawa. Tasawa 90. So the intention of God for creating man, he intended that man will stay in his presence forever. So when you study the story in Genesis, Genesis chapter 2, after he has finished creating, because he now creates man in chapter 2, and the Bible says that his presence abounds with man forever. I mean, he was in the presence. In fact, the Bible says that God will walk into the garden um, every cool of the evening, and the Lord will appear, and um, he will... Um, you know, he will, he, will, he will fellowship with man as, as one to another. And then we know the story, man fall into sin. Uh, we normally call this sin, the sin of rebellion or disobedience. So man disobeys God by doing what God had told him not to do. And what happens is that the consequence or the ramification that was upon that command now begin to come into action. I'm, uh, this week I'm reflecting on suffering and, um, and, and part of my work is to also ensure that I, I do something about that uh, where I study. So the, 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 the genesis of all pain and misery was when, when, when man uh, rebelled against God. That was the genesis. And therefore, what happens is that man suffer the consequence of sin 
in four cardinal areas. I know we normally know that what happened, God left. But there are particular things that happened that, um, that, that blessed the life of man in jeopardy. One of the things that happened is that man was separate from God completely. God, God's presence was taken out or never dwelt with man anymore. The second thing that happened is that man became an enemy of another person. We, re we realize, if you read the story, when God comes and asks, what happened? Say, it's this woman that you gave me. Today, someone asked me about that question. And he asked um, that, um, uh, give us the significance. I was helping some people answer some questions this morning. And one of the guys asked me, give us the significance of which person in the garden. So uh, let, let us know the role of Eve in that garden. You know, the role of the the role of Eve was not that the devil would talk to her. You know, that story is a narrative, it's not a description. So some people say, okay, if you're married, the devil only talks to the wife, not to the husband. That's not, that's not, uh, that story is just a narrative. God is trying to tell us what happened. The bigger picture is rebellion. So, um, so, so, so man becomes the enemy of a fellow man. The other thing that happens is that man becomes how do I say it? Do I call it an enemy for self? But what happens is that the stature by which God had created him disappears. What happens is that he becomes ashamed. You know, we talk about the whole aspect of low self-esteem and stuff like that. So she, he becomes ashamed of himself. So he cannot express himself in the way God wanted him to express himself. And lastly, now man becomes an enemy of creation. Now God tells him now, every time you plant, what will happen is that you'll have thistles and thorn bushes instead of crop. So he becomes an enemy of creation. So the whole system comes down crumpling because of sin. What happens? The creation order becomes distorted. I am speaking about a spirit-led life. Now, when God begins to apply redemption to us, he knows that he knows that redemption will not be fully accomplished without him being with you again. So what he, he will do is that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you and for me and to reconcile you to him. And to reconcile you to him. And the other thing he, do, he does is that he sends his very own presence. He sends his, his very own essence to dwell with man again. Praise the Lord. Are we following? So he sends his spirit to dwell with you again. Paul says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, somewhere down there, he says that God has given us the seal of the spirit as a guarantee for those who will inherit redemption or those who will inherit his kingdom or those who will serve in the age to come. Depends with the, with the translation you're reading. So what happens is that we see that the redemptive plan of God is not yet complete. It will be completed when we are, we are saved into the age to come. When we enter into his very own presence. You know, this week I've been answering questions. Once some, somebody asked me, um, how does heaven look like? And I said, I do not know. I've never been there. So, um, but I told her or him, I think it was, it was a gentleman. I told him that, um, but one thing I know for sure 
if you die today, you'll see how heaven is like. So I told him, why can't you go ahead and just die so that you can see how heaven looks like. Now, Jesus, when he began to talk about the Holy Spirit, he began to tell us why he has been given to us. And I'll just give you a few things that he says and the rest of them, I want you to go home and begin to contemplate on them. A spirit-led life. So Jesus, um, in John chapter 14, I'll read you, I'll give you the scripture just in a moment. He began to talk about him living. Now what happens was that the relationship that Jesus had with his disciples, they had no, any, I mean, they had never thought that it would come to an end. And that's why when Christ told them that he's living, all of them began to grieve. All of them began to grieve. They began to sorrow in their hearts. You know, even one time Peter told him, oh, they will kill you. I'll be there. I'll be there to, to deal with those people who will kill you. You know, and, and, and we know what happened. So Jesus began to talk about his spirit and the Holy Spirit. And he says this in verse 14, I mean chapter 14. I'll read from, uh, I'll read from verse 15. I just wanted to... Um, okay, let me read from verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And then verse 17 says, The spirit of truth, the world cannot, the world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Before long, the world will not see me, and, and, uh, uh, and I mean, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you will also live. So Jesus begins to tell them that I would not want you to leave you as orphans. Now, I want to say this with a lot of uh, humility and, 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 and just being a bit careful, that um, Jesus compares the life of a believer without the leading of the Spirit of God to an orphan. Now, naturally, um, an orphan is someone who has lost one or both of his parents. And therefore, what happens, such a person lives at the mercy of others. Check around, you'll see that the moment your parents rest in the Lord, if you are born again, what will happen is that maybe your uncle takes you up, or a sponsor, or a guardian, or someone. Now, they cannot take you up if your parents are there. They can't. So normally what happens is that, and any person who has gone through this will tell you that when my mom or my dad died, so and so took care of us. So, so, so they, they, they live at the mercy of others. Normally what happens, such a person really do not really have much guidance. You do not have the authority of the parents and stuff like that. So Jesus is saying in verse 14 of 50, uh, uh, chapter 14, I want you to read the whole of it. This is the first time that Jesus is beginning to talk about the spirit. And then he calls him a, a, a comforter. He calls him a helper. He calls him the spirit of truth. He calls him the one who will guide them in truth. So when I look at that chapter, I realize that the role of the Holy Spirit is to give believers an, an opportunity or the capacity to lead effective Christian lives. It is not possible for you to lead an effective Christian life minus the Holy Spirit. So what the Spirit comes, he, he, what he does is that he comes and dwells with you 
and he begins to guide you and give you direction, or rather not direction, but just to guide you as a believer, it becomes quite difficult for you to live an effective Christian life without the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God is the one who guides. He's the one who begins to illuminate your mind to know God, to know his will, to walk according to his, his will. He gives you the ability even to know how to pray and how to pray. He gives you the, the capacity to know God through his word. Okay? So effectiveness. There's, there's an, a level of effectiveness that the Spirit of God brings to a person who is being led by him. So, it's very important that we be led by the Spirit. Now, so I, 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 can, I can just say that. I think that for me is enough. So, what I want you to do is to go to John 14 and begin to look at that. The Spirit of God is not given to us for us to speak in tongues only. You know, you do not put fuel in, in, in a car and sit in your compound and the only, the only thing you are doing, you are only hooting. You know, you are hooting in the, in the neighborhood. You know, you'll be making a lot of noise. The car is fueled so that it can start to move. Sindio? Sasawa? Yeah, so the reason why God gives us his spirit is that now we can start to move. We can now start to experience salvation. All right? We can now begin to experience salvation. There is a, there is, there is a level of life that you acquire when you are led by the spirit of God. There are people who are born again, but they have never known what you call the joy of salvation. They have no idea what it feels like to be a Christian. You know, uh, so, you know, sometimes we think Christianity is this life and this life. Eh? So, we and stuff like that. But the life that is led of the Spirit is a life that is, 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 just the way you used to lead, or rather we used to live in the world. When we come to the knowledge of Jesus and we believe Christ for salvation, we enter into a new dispensation of life. Completely. So it's not a life where you lead here and you live here. I am persuaded from the scripture that you can never lose salvation. That is a story of another day. But you cannot. If you see someone who was, was you know, someone can present themselves as though they are born again, but they are not. But a person who is full, when I studied how God saves mankind, I said, you cannot lose salvation. Paul said that you are dead in your trespasses. What can a dead person do? So when you began to hear the gospel, just as I'm sharing like this, there's, there's, there's the spirit of God who awakens your spirit. And he starts to tell you, listen to what is being spoken. Please respond. You know, and then you, you, you respond in faith. You put your faith in Christ for salvation. You cannot. Christ says that those who are minor cannot lose. You can lose salvation. It's a lie. All right? So someone will ask him, so I should, should I continue sinning? You are not saved at the same time. Okay? So for those who are saved, the Bible says that you cannot sin. The seed of sinning is not in you because the sin of Christ is in your heart. So what happens when you sin? You do not sin willingly. Because I'll talk about sanctification, which also the purpose of the Holy Spirit. You do not do that willingly, okay? So you can do something and just realize that you will sin. But it did not come out of, you know, it was not evolution. It's not something that you did out of your intention, all right? So effective Christian life. Let me go to the second point and say this. That is the Spirit of God 
who assures us of our salvation. You must be assured of your salvation. You must know that you're going to heaven. If that does not happen, uh, you will also really struggle. Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 16, we have received the spirit of adoption. That's the truth. You know, this spirit by which we cry, Abba, Father. In verse 16 now, he says that, that, uh, that, that, that the spirit of God testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. You are children. You have such confidence that you are born again. Okay? That is the role of the spirit. That is the role of the spirit. The fall of man in the garden of Eden took him from where he was to down there. And therefore, for him to come back up there due to the salvation that Jesus has given us, he must be sustained by the spirit. You know, the devil is the one who slanders God in our minds. You do something and he tells you, Manze, you are not born again. I'm just imagining, if you do not have the assurance of the spirit, you will not live. That's why I've seen, sometimes when a believer sins, all right, maybe he's a lady, maybe something happens or a guy or something like that. Normally what happens when they start going down the tomb, they go, 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 go. First they leave church, you know, if they, it was just one thing, they no, they do something else, they do something else, they do something else. What happens is that the devil slanders Christ in your mind. Say, Ay, you, where, where to lijua to? Where to lijua how your coca? To lijua waste make it. So he will slander Christ in your mind and tells you, in fact, God does not love you. He loves everyone except you. You are the only one in this room that you have the mistakes that nobody can even forgive. Even God cannot, even the blood of Jesus can save everyone except you. So that's what the devil will do to you. So what God does, that he gives us Christians whose spirit led the ability to hear the voice of the spirit, the spirit who testifies with our heart, with our spirit, that we are indeed the children of God. We are the children of God. So I want you to read Romans chapter uh, 8 and but particularly verse 16. I just told you today, I'll give you the assignment to go do most of these things at home. So the Spirit of God is the one who gives us the assurance. The assurance. I, I, I preach a lot in high schools. And one of the tendencies that I see is that these guys get saved very many times. How many of you only saved once and that was over? Eh? You see? So, what you like is the assurance, okay? Then you got born again, again, and again, again, again. So even today, someone is feeling they need to give their lives to the Lord. Okay, but if you are not saved completely, if you are not saved totally, I will also give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord by putting your faith in Him for salvation, not for bread. For salvation. I know sometimes we hear messages about the Bible, about how God can prosper people, and we come to the Lord because on the account of that. If Jesus died for you to get a car, that 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 was a funny death. It cannot save anyone. Jesus, you know, if you want to buy a car, just work hard. Okay? Jesus is not done the cross so that you can live in a big house. That is cheap death. Not even a cockroach dies and it acquires you that. But if Christ died on the cross, the, 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 the consequence of his death 
was that you may be reconciled. That's, that, that's how you're going to die. Oh, and me. And then he saved us through his death on the cross. So the assurance. Now lastly, or rather the third point, is that a spirit-led life is that you continuously experience what you call sanctification. Now, sanctification is the process through which God continuously frees us from the allure of sin. Now, I've just said that any person who's born again, the Bible says in First John chapter 1, I think verse around uh, 9 up, okay, like, those who are born again cannot sin. Those who are born of God cannot sin. Why? Because the seed of God lives in them. So they do not have a, a desire, a willingness to go ahead and sin. But what happens, because we still live in this fallen world, we still live in this broken world, we still live in this um, rebellious world. Paul said that our citizenship is in heaven. Okay? Our citizenship is heaven. Heaven is your home. Not here. You are just a pilgrim. You are on the journey back to your Lord. Or rather back to the Lord. So, because of that, a believer experiences a continuous freedom from sin through the Spirit. You continuously experience freedom through the, the grip of or the desire in the flesh to continuously sin. So what happens, uh, Paul says in Galatians 5, 6 or 6, 16, that walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And he continues to say that the flesh and the spirit are always in war with one another. So what happens, the flesh wants this, the spirit wants this. So what happens, a spirit-led person, what happens that they have more capacity to handle the allure of the flesh, to handle the, the desire of the flesh, to handle the, the, the push of the things of the flesh. Someone was giving an example and he says that uh, if you are feeding, you have two beasts fighting. They say the ones you feed is the one who will win. Sindio. So you are feeding the flesh, the flesh will win. If you are feeding the spirit, what will happen is the spirit will. Sindio. Sindio. So what happens is that the spirit gives you the capacity. It brings you to a, a more advantageous space where you can easily conquer the flesh because you still live in the body. Praise the Lord. So the spirit gives you the ability to, to, to go above that, to go above that. And you continuously express and expose yourself to him. He gives you the power and the strength to overcome the allure of the flesh. And then lastly, just because of time, the Spirit of God, a person who's led by the Spirit, receives what you call capacity to serve God or for ministry or to fulfill vision or purpose. Now, I've just said that um, when man fell, when men fell or when Adam fell in the garden, what happens is that he did not just lose his spiritual intimacy but he lost himself. He became crazy here. Bible says that he became ashamed of himself. 
All right? Because the consequence of sin became in action immediately. And therefore, for God to enable you to serve him properly, or for you to be able to fulfill God's purpose, he has to empower you. He has to give you the capacity to do that. And he, he will do that by his spirit. By his spirit. So, so sometimes you hear someone say, this guy has grace to do such and such a thing. So what, what the manful grace of God will do is that you receive a particular amount of energy. <laughs> to, speak it, to speak in terms of physics. You receive an amount of energy where you can be able to achieve what God has created to become. So some of you, God created you, and in his design, he said that this guy will end up in, the, in, in, in media, and I want you to do one, two, three, four, five things. So this guy will end up in, uh, in politics, and I want him to do one, two, three. This one will end up in this. And, and in all those things, God desires that you serve his purpose. So a spirit-led person is empowered to achieve that. This is not motivational talk. You will fall below your purpose without him. You will not hit the target. You will miss the mark. So if I were you, I'll pursue him each day and every day. And with a desire that he may bring me into the, you know, into the fullness of what God wants me to do. You know, the Bible says that when David, you know, one of the testimonies that God gives about David is that, after he had served his purpose, he rested. Huh? He rested. Praise the Lord. After he had served his purpose, he rested. Jesus, in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, gave the instruction to his disciples and he says, I want you to go into Jerusalem and I don't want any one of you to leave. And he says, he told them, I want you to wait for the fulfillment of the Father. That God will give you the ability to now go and achieve what I've asked you to do. You know, in, 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 in Matthew chapter 20, he has already commissioned them. Say, go into the rest of the world and uh, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And because Luke did a careful account, he says that he told them, do not leave Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high, the power of the Holy Spirit. So one of the, one of the characteristics of a person who's led by the Spirit, they are always on a trajectory to fulfill their God-given purpose. Their God-given purpose. So he asked them to stay. Now, when you look at the book of Acts, you will realize there is a level in which you see that fulfilled. Now, the most cowardly of them the most cowardly. Actually, characteristics of a person who is not being led by them, they are so cowardly. They are so cowardly. They cannot even say no. So you enter into a place and people are talking all manner of nonsense and you're just keeping quiet. So people just think, oh, you say, oh, I'll engage you in poly. You can't say anything. All right? So what happens is that the spirit gives you the ability to speak. 
So Peter and his friends, <laughs> one day they are arrested. Why they to be just begun there? You know, there's a guy who starts coming there and say, ah, these people are drunk. Ha, ha. Then the guy stands up. You know, the Bible said that they were gathered in Jerusalem, all men of all languages, into that city. And then, it was about 9 a.m. in the morning. And the Bible said that these people are full of new wine. And Peter says, no. Listen, now let me tell you. This thing that you see was prophesied by the prophet called Joel. And he gives them the story. He said that it's not by our own doing. The Lord whom you crucified has done all these things. And he goes ahead and tells them that even you and together with everyone that God will bring shall enter into this blessing. Imagine. And he goes, the Bible said that day 3,000, 3,000 men came to the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus. The guy goes ahead and they heal someone at the gate called Beautiful. And uh, the Bible said that he was lame since his birth. And because of that salvation, the scripture says, because of that miracle, the scripture says there was great commotion in Jerusalem. And then the leaders became a bit indignant about that, what had happened. So they arrested them. So this guy, when they stand before the Sanhedrin, people who were, you know, people who are, who, who, who are, who are going to execute them, he tells them that, you know, now they tell them, now you guys, we are warning you today. From today, I want, we don't want to hear you speaking in that name again. And then the Bible says that, that, that um, what happened is that they, um, Peter answered and he said, um, I want you guys to judge for yourself whether we must hear you or God. But he goes ahead and says, but for us, we must speak. So for us, we must speak. What we have seen and heard, we must speak. And you are standing before someone who can hang you anytime. Look at how those guys are, are full of confidence. The same guy who I, an eight-year girl told, her, told him, I normally feel that this guy did a greater sin than even Judas. You know? You know it's different for someone just to betray you. say, but then, you know Imagine, and the guy is there. The same guy who was very cowardly becomes so confident. So our spirit-led life is a life that we continuously see the fruit of sanctification. We continuously see effectiveness. We see the fruit. What happens that there is, there is, there is, there is, there is um, you know, it's that people who have set themselves on a course to fulfill God's purpose. Praise the Lord. You know the problem that we have with that, that in the world today is that the devil has thrown all man of junk to young people. Say you should not go to church, you should not be very serious. You know, you have you you, you need to be busy, you have some TikToks to do, and stuff like that. 
and even those things do not really bring meaning and they do not bring anyone they don't save anyone they do not change anyone i'd rather i'd rather do that if i know that it will it will help someone praise the lord check on on social media things that are, are you know <laughs> things that are trending are just rubbish rubbish things but i think we can we can be a little bit serious Cindy, and the lord will help us to achieve his purpose um, in this age i think my time is up um so what should we do um i want you from today to set your heart to desire the spirit of god your life will never be the same again praise the lord from today eh? when i got when i got saved i lived like for about nine years or eight years minus the the what you call you know some christians let me say this very fast um and it's true any person who's born again has the seal the grace or has received the guarantee of the spirit in your heart you do not save yourself one day in, in acts chapter 19 verse 2 paul makes some christians ask them did you receive the spirit of god when you believed and they said uh no and he said in fact they said we have never heard of anything like that and so he asked them so which baptism did you receive he said we received the baptism of john no jesus said no 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 that one of the baptism the, the, the baptism for repentance john was calling people to repent and he was making a way for the lord and they, he told them they told paul but we have never heard anything about that and what happened the bible says that he lays his hand on them and they receive the baptism of the holy spirit what happens is that the infilling of the holy spirit you know how do i say it it it, it is an experience that influences your whole life okay sasa not just falling down an experience that influences your whole life paul says in the book of galatians no ephesians 5 he said that do not be filled by 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 wine or for which there's debauchery but be he filled by the holy spirit so each day he said that be filled be 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 under you know the way someone is under the influence of alcohol the same way he said that be under the influence of the holy spirit for you to lead an effective christian life young guys you must otherwise we will not make it we will get to heaven bruised wounded broken because you are saved anyway amen so let's bow our heads i want you to take one minute just to pray for yourself and ask the lord that will reveal your his spirit to you especially if you are if 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 you do not know him all right amen so continuously ask the lord that may you reveal your spirit to me i i set my heart to desire of your presence of your spirit every day that i will desire him i need him cause my life to be influenced and led by him that he may anoint you without that to become a bit i'm telling you the truth you will be a struggling christian desire to be led by the holy spirit and i want you to desire that intentionally every day and ask him every day 
every day you keep on asking him. Um, and the Lord is faithful. Some of you will begin to um, to experience new things. You'll be sleeping, you wake up, and um, So set your heart on that. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. I thank you for my uh, brothers and sisters, plus myself. We pray that, oh God, will you bring us in. Bring us in, Lord. Anoint our lives so that we may live for you. Fill us by your Holy Spirit and your presence. We hunger. We are, we are hungry desire, we cry out for more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Anna. God bless you.